0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom i'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart they've got passion for god they're leading intercession on their schools they're set apart consecrated under god and they've got a vision and a mission for their life man i'm so pumped for crash and uh this series is just going to get better and better every week so make sure you're here, make sure you come each Wednesday, and we're going to dig right in, okay? So I want to read to you a, a, a story about Moses, part of his story, not his whole story, we'd be here until midnight, but part of his story, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, I want to read it. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that with me, Exodus 3, 1 through 10. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness, when he says flock, he's talking about sheep. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement, as we all would. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. And this was amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer. The Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. And yes, I am aware of their suffering." So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and all kinds of sites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, I love that part, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for these young men and women who are here. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just touch our hearts tonight. God, whatever it is you want to do, whatever your will is, God, I pray that it takes place in this room tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. amen. All right, so I love this story about Moses. This is such a great story of faith and courage. I mean in this story Moses encounters God I mean it's like a face to face encounter with God he hears the voice of God and he displays great courage and faith as he starts as he journeys back to Egypt took great courage and faith to be obedient and follow what God was telling Moses to do Now there's a there's a great spiritual principle in this story that I want to talk about tonight that's very easily overlooked It comes to us in verse 4 when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look I love that. Remember, I said that when when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied. And when Moses saw the bush, he stepped towards it. He took a step. He went to the bush. He took that step. And when he stepped towards the bush, that's when God spoke to him. He acted, and then God spoke. I mean, what if Moses would have never stepped towards that bush? What if he never would have took the step? Let's talk about the situation that Moses finds himself in. I mean, Moses is in the wilderness. He's watching a bunch of the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. How many of you here were Sunday morning when Pastor Brady began to share a little bit about sheep? Yeah, he'd start talking about sheep. I'm like, don't be ruining my message, Pastor Brady. Because I have to talk about sheep just a little bit here. So he's watching a bunch of the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. They're called sheep. They're not smart animals. They're dumb. And by the way, the Bible refers to us as sheep. That humbles you at all. So he's watching his father-in-law's flocks in the wilderness of Midian. Now, it just doesn't get any more mundane, any more boring than watching a bunch of sheep in the middle of the desert. That has to be the most. I'm glad God did not call me. To watch sheep. I mean, that would be boring. The wilderness of Midian is this dry, dusty, and it's hot. It's a desert. It is a desert region. It probably wasn't that uncommon to see stuff burning in this desert, in this wilderness. Probably not an everyday experience, but I'm sure it happened. I'm sure every once in a while you would see something that had caught fire because it was dry, it was hot, and things were brittle, and things... A lot of things don't live in the desert. So they're dead. So it's this dry, hot, dusty place. And, and, and when it comes to the bush, when it comes to the bush, it's not like, you know, there were pyrotechnics going off. You guys know what pyrotechnics are, right? It's like those explosions and fires shooting up into the air. I mean, this wasn't happening. It wasn't happening in the desert. There weren't angels singing a heavenly chorus. That drew Moses to that bush. That wasn't happening either. Now, maybe if the Ohio State Buckeyes won the national championship, maybe the angels would be singing. They probably were, would be, okay. But but they didn't. All right. So none of this stuff was happening. Ohio State didn't win the national championship. You know there weren't angels. There weren't pyrotechnics going off. It was just this dead bush in the desert that was burning. It was on fire. It was hot. It was a desert. It was parched. There was a bush. Burning. Big deal. Big deal. But as Moses watched this bush, he noticed something subtle about it. He noticed that as this bush burned, it wasn't being consumed. I mean, the fire wasn't consuming the wood. It wasn't consuming the leaves, if there were any leaves on it. It wasn't consuming the bush at all. It was subtle. Being in a desert, Something like that could have been easily, very, very easily overlooked. I mean, in a desert, who cares if the hot sun caught a dead bush on fire? But in this situation, Moses notices something subtle about this bush. And he goes and he takes a step towards that bush to get a better look. And as Moses took his first step, his first step towards the bush, God showed up. He showed up and he spoke. I want to stop there for a minute because I really want you to catch this. When we move towards the purposes of God in our lives, when we take the first step, when we take action, God reveals himself. He reveals himself. But we have to take the first step. What uh, what do we take action on? I mean, is it just anything? No. What do we take action on? We take action on his promises what we already know to be true. And when we do that, God always shows up when we take action on what we know to be true, when we take action on what we already know he wants us to do. When we do that, God always shows up. It's been my experience, and it's supported all over in Scripture, that every time I step, every time I take a step with the advancement of the kingdom of heaven on my heart, God shows himself, and God reveals himself in powerful ways. I mean, what do you think? You think if I went to, to David Perkins and I said, David, man, I've got this, I've got this big idea. I've got this dream and, and this great idea. And I, I, I think this idea could bring revival to a generation. And here's how we're going to do it. Here's how I see us accomplishing this. I mean, what do you think? You think David's going to go, hmm. Well, John, I just, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm sold out to this whole idea of reaching a generation. Hmm no, he's not going to say that. That'd be silly. That'd be ridiculous. No, he's like, what is it? Tell me your idea. Let's do it. Let's go. I want to see that in a generation. I want to see God's purposes. What we already know God wants to do happen in this generation. You think if you come up with this big dream, this crazy vision to revolutionize your school campus, to begin to lay out your heart for your friends before God, I mean, your friends, I mean, they're lost in their drugs and sex and they're into witchcraft and they're just deceived by sin but you have this heart this inner longing in your heart to see your friends find christ and you get this plan it's like maybe a vision maybe god just gave it to you maybe you whatever, all of a sudden this whole idea, this whole thought process pops into your head and you get this idea and this plan to reach your generation and you're laying it out before God. I mean, what do you think? You think God's going to go, hmm, well, I don't know, faith. I don't, I don't know, Augustine. I don't know, Emily. I I don't know if I like the idea of your school campus being revolutionized for my glory. Is God going to say that? No, not at all. You begin to move with what you know is already the heart of God. You begin to move, and I promise you, God's going to show himself strong for you. God's going to walk you through that. He will reveal himself. He will reset the trajectory of your life. He will clear the path of your destiny. Sometimes all we have to do is move. All we have to do is take that step, that faith step. Let's get back to Moses for a minute. What if Moses would have walked right by that bush? What if he would not have paid any attention to it? He would have saw it, said, eh, uh, big deal, and walked right past it. I mean, if Moses would have passed by that bush, I, I can't imagine what would have happened. But if, what if Moses would have walked by that bush? I, I believe that deliverance would have came through someone else. I believe God would have used someone else to deliver his people out of Israel because that was his plan. That was his purpose. That's what he wanted to do. And just because one person said no to God isn't going to thwart what God wants to do. So I believe it would have came through someone else. But Moses, if he would have walked by that bush, he would have missed his life's purpose. I mean, he would have missed his life's purpose to free Israel from slavery, to lead them to the promised land. This whole plan of God's, he would, have missed. he would have missed. This was the promise of God to deliver his people. It dated back hundreds of years. And Moses would have been stuck, if he would have walked by that bush, he would have been stuck in that dry, hot desert watching sheep for the rest of his life. In a dry, hot desert, listening to the bleeding of sheep. Meh. Everybody try that. Meh. That doesn't sound fun to me. There is no excitement there. Maybe once or twice a year, you might have a bear line come in, give you a little excitement. But that's about it. It's not going to be very exciting. If Moses hadn't taken that first step, that step towards God's purposes in his life, he would have missed being witness to the plagues. I mean, he would have missed those mighty movements of God to free his people. I mean, I think fear factor originated from the plagues. I mean, somebody read that and like, oh, that's scary. That's created that's A show called Fear Factor, which, by the way, we're going to do in four weeks. It's going to be exciting. He would have missed these plagues. He would have missed the frogs. He would have missed the flies, the gnats, the locusts. He would have missed the hailstones that killed livestock and people. And he would have missed the festering boils and the darkness. And lastly, he would have missed, I mean, it kind of sounds like, oh, I'd rather miss that stuff. No, but he was watching the display of God's power. He was watching God move on what God wanted to do. He would have missed it. He would have missed leading the people of Israel out of Egypt to have a great victory party. He would have missed stepping into the Red Sea and watching it split. I mean, come on. I think that's one of the craziest, coolest miracles in Scripture. That's one I would have loved to have been there for. I mean, step into the water and slam my staff in there and watch the ocean part. That's powerful. Man, if. I run into somebody that's got the faith and the power of God like that, that's the guy I'm going to follow. (laughs) I'm going to be around that. He would have missed seeing the pillar of fire by night, the pillar of cloud by day, lead all of Israel through the desert. He would have missed fresh manna and quail, the miraculous provision of God God that fell to the ground every morning. He would have missed the water flowing from the rock. He would have missed speaking with God face to face like a man speaks with his friend. I would have hated to miss that. He would have missed the most miraculous, most incredible life and the most incredible relationship with God if he would have simply just walked by that bush. If he would have passed it up, he would have missed it all. I believe there are burning bush moments for each and every one of us. And here's the problem. Here's what, here's what we have to be aware of. We live in a nation that demands our time that demands our attention, our resources. I mean, we're so consumed with what is being offered to us, so consumed with self-promotion, consumed with popularity, so consumed with unhealthy relationships. We're so consumed with ourselves and by this world that we don't even notice those moments when bushes are burning all around us. We miss them. It's like the DNA of our culture. To distract us from God the enemies behind our culture. that means we have to be intentional, we have to be looking, we have to be watching for those burning bush moments that take place on a daily basis all around us, and if we miss them, we miss what God had for us. We miss what God's plan was. Catch this: the opportunities that lay before us on a daily basis, if seized, if captured if we would just capture them, would change the trajectory of our lives and most likely thousands, even millions of other lives. You got to let that sink in a minute. It's not just about us. God's plan is so vast. It's not just about us. I mean, we're responsible for us. But the words that we speak, the actions we take, the steps we take towards the plans of God are going to affect families for generations. They're going to affect our friends. They're going to affect our school campuses forever. We have to seize those moments. Moses took one step towards that burning bush, and God showed up and said, Moses, just initiate that conversation with Pharaoh. Just initiate the conversation. I will do the rest. That one step, that one action, not only changed Moses forever, but the lives of millions of generations to come. One step. Moses, in the midst of talking with God at the burning bush, what we would call prayer, talking with God. In the midst of prayer, God gave his heart's desire to Moses. And then he said, Go. He said, Go. And with great faith and courage, Moses went. You see, no one can transplant a heart of faith into you to do these types of things. No one can do that. Faith is not like this new body part that we just can put in or add to you. Faith is like a muscle you already have. It's already built into you. Faith is. It just needs to be strengthened. You have to be intentional to make it grow. So you have to exercise this faith muscle. And you have to put our faith into action. So what did Jesus teach us in the New Testament about faith? The faith of a mustard seed. You guys ever read that story in the New Testament? Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I mean, do you know the, the size of a mustard seed? I mean, it was small. I mean, it looks like a speck of pepper in your hand. But do you know that that little seed, that speck of pepper in your hand, can grow into a tree that reaches up to 20 feet? I mean, it's a huge tree-bushy thing looking like. It's it's one of those things. I mean, it grows to great sizes. So taking your first faith steps may start small. They're going to be small. But there's no limits to the size that your faith can grow to. Be faithful with the small steps, the minuscule And in no time, you're going to find yourself being granted the opportunity to be faithful with life changing, life altering steps. No time. In no time. I'm not talking about when you grow up. I'm not talking about when you go to college. I'm not talking about when you get married or you have your own family or you get a real job or whatever the case is. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe just a couple weeks from now. Maybe next month. Start being faithful with the small steps. God's going to give you the big steps got to go after it the moment of truth comes to us in verse 10 of that passage of scripture verse 10 god spoke to moses and he said this i love it he said now go for i am sending you to pharaoh you must lead my people israel out of egypt i believe this is what god is saying to this young generation today to your generation now go Go in my name. Go with my power. I'm going to give it to you. Go with my spirit. I'm going to pour it out on you. Go after it. I will show up. I will provide. I mean, take courage. I am your provision. I am your strength. He's told Moses in the story, my name is I am. I am everything that you're going to need. Step out on faith. doesn't matter if you can see the path or not. It doesn't matter if you can see the ending. Just step out on faith. God will show up. When you want what God wants for the reasons He wants it, you become unstoppable. When you want what God wants for the reasons He wants it, you become unstoppable. And I believe with all my heart that your generation is an unstoppable generation. The enemy's working overtime to destroy every last one of you. I see it every day. He's working overtime, but that's not God's plan. God has an opposite plan for a generation to rise up, to become the sons and daughters of great faith that will have the power to kick the enemy's butt. That's what God's plan is. And he's ready. He is ready to pour out if you're ready to take the step. Your generation is an unstoppable generation if you will seize your burning bush moments. You'll be witness to even, greater, the, to even greater movements of God than what we read about in the scripture. I promise you. Why do I think that? Because I think God doesn't do reruns. He only does world premieres. And I think you're going to do incredible things. You're going to do amazing things. So tonight I want to illustrate this movement of your generation through the rhino. I want to talk about the rhino a little bit. And I shared a little bit of this at Fall Retreat. How many of you are at Fall Retreat? Okay, so this is going to be a great burst and fresh reminder for you. And for those of you that weren't, you're going to see it for the first time. So I want to, I, I need, uh, I need three chairs. Just three of these chairs would be great. And I need one, two, one, I need six five-footers. Are you five foot tall? If five foot one and a half is great. Come on. I need, I need, I need six five-footers, six five-footers. Yeah, let's put one right here in the middle. All right, one, two, three, four. David, are you five foot? (laughs) That's great. All right, let's put a chair right down. Actually, you know what? Here's what I want to do. Here, throw this down there. All right, one, two, three, four. I need two more five footers. Are you a five footer? All right, come on. All right, great. All right. You lay down right here. Just lay on your back or your stomach. I don't care. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Okay. You lay right here on top, on top of, yeah. All right, here you you lay right down here on on. There you go. Okay. He's taller than me. He's like you're giant. You are a giant. I am. Okay, so uh, I'm putting this right over your face. Don't worry. All right, you stand on this chair. You stand on this chair. Wait, is this in the middle? Yeah, you're the butt. You're standing on this chair. Awesome. Right here. Perfect. All right. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the, right, the white rhino. The white rhino is huge. I mean, it's a big animal. And this rhino can exceed 7,700 pounds. And it can have a head and a body length from, from head, to, head to butt. It can be 15 feet long. So, and it can have a shoulder height of six and a half feet. The record white rhinoceros was 10,000 pounds, and it had a five-foot horn on its face. So if you looked at a rhino, these are the dimensions of the rhino. From the back to the front with a five-foot horn right here, this would be the top of its back right here. You guys are standing on the floor, and so are they. This would be the top of his back. That would be the top of his butt, maybe a couple inches shorter. That would be the tip of his horn, and that would be how long he is. That's a big stinking beast right there. That's a big rhinoceros. So, here's, here's a, just stay right there. You guys are good. You guys are doing great. You look good. It's good. So, rhinos, let me give you a couple insights about rhinos. Rhinos can only see 30 feet in front of them. They have terrible eyesight. Terrible. They can only see 30 feet in front of them, but they can run 30 miles an hour. That's fast. That's three times as fast as you can probably run. Okay? So you know what this means? It means that if you're standing in front of a rhino, you shouldn't. Because you're going to get obliterated. You're going to end up looking like hamburger. If you're standing in front of a rhino, you got to get out of the way. All right, give these guys a great hand. Good. That's great. great. You guys are awesome. You did awesome. So let's do a little quiz here. I want to talk about groups of animals real quick. So what's a group of killer whales called? A pod. Good job. You listen to biology. That's good. What's a group of lions called? Good. Some of you watch Lion King. That's great. All right. What's a group of geese called? A flock. How about a group of horses? A A herd. A herd. How about a group of alligators? It's called a congregation. She describes the church to me, but that's good. A group of alligators, congregation. What about a group of apes? A troop. A troop. Come on, haven't you ever seen Tarzan? All right, a troop. All right, how about a group of locusts? A plague. That's good. How about a group of camels? A caravan. Caravan. All right, this is my favorite. How about a group of porcupines? A group of porcupines is called a prickle. I love it. I love it. What better name could you give them? So, better yet, do you know what the technical, well, I'm sure you do now, but do you know what the technical name for a group of rhinos is called? a crash a crash see i believe this is how the young men and women of this generation are going to move they are going to crash this is how god is calling the students of dsm to move we are to become crashers we will become crashers that's what god is calling us to that's what's on god's heart that's what god has already laid out to us it doesn't matter the obstacles that are in the way It doesn't matter if it's friends. It doesn't matter if it's reputation, popularity contests don't matter. Social statuses don't matter. It doesn't matter if all hell itself is standing in front of you. You are going to be so courageous, so determined, so in love with Jesus, which causes this great passion and obedience and tenacity, that you are going to crash. You are going to run over anything that stands in your way or anything that stands in the way of fulfilling God's call in this generation. You're going to run over it. I shared some of this at Far Retreat this year, but I want to I share it with you tonight. I don't want you to miss this. As we kick off this crash series, I believe it is God's desire for our youth ministry, for DSM, to set the bar high for a generation. We will set the bar for a generation. To set the bar for the young people of this nation. See, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but you guys have great influence over this country. There are youth ministries all over this nation that look to you. They look to see what you're doing. They look to see what direction you're going. They look to see what's important to you. They look to see what steps you're taking. You have influence that you don't even know about. I promise you. I've been coming to desperation conference since 05 bringing my my students from Michigan, my former, my former youth ministry. And you guys influenced us a great deal. I've been coming to Prayer Summit, and you've influenced me a great deal. You have influence you don't realize or know about. Sometimes we get so consumed with the here and the now and the us that we forget to look at the big picture. We forget to look at God's plan. The reason you have such great influence is because of the passion you possess. I mean, the hunger for prayer and the hunger for communion with God. I believe God is pouring out an immeasurable fire in this place. And he is going to ignite a greater destiny than, than what has been realized by us. You're burning like that bush. You're burning, but you're not being consumed. You're burning, ignited with the power and the anointing of God for a greater purpose. Something greater than you've dreamed of, something greater than than you realize. See, great movements of God will be accomplished through you. Solidify it in your heart. A great movement of God will be accomplished through you. And for me, I'm not willing to wait. I just don't want to sit around hoping that it, it will come. I mean, I'm not just willing to sit around and go through the motions hoping to see this great, mighty revival movement rise up from somewhere. I'm not content in putting my faith in other people, hoping to capture the heart of God, hoping that maybe I can see it in them. No, I want the heart of God. And I hope you want the heart of God. I want to experience Him. I want to be a part of the crash of obedient ones, the ones that are watching the ones that are looking, the ones that are just anticipating burning bushes and burning bush encounters taking place all around them. See, I don't think God wants to wait either, but He's waiting on us. God's ready to go. God's ready to pour out. He's ready to ignite. He's ready to give you every gift you possibly would need. He's ready to increase in you, to increase your favor. He's ready. But just like Moses, we have to take the first step. I believe a nation of young people are watching and waiting to see what we will do. What we will do, those of us sitting right here in this room tonight. A nation is waiting and watching. And I hope you're like me. I hope you're not content to wait for someone else to step up. It's time for us to step up. See, there's another trait about rhinos that I I love. This is one of my favorite traits about them. And I've I've seen this trait in you in just a short couple of months that I've been here. Did you know that when a rhino is threatened, it doesn't run away? In fact, a rhino can't even back up. It is physically impossible. It's a fact. You can look it up. It is physically impossible for a rhino to walk backwards or back up. They can't do it. So when a rhino is threatened, or when a rhino is cornered, it doesn't try to escape. It charges because that's all it can do. It charges. And God is calling DSM to take up its place of influence in this city, and then in this nation, and charge. Tonight, I just want, man, if you're willing to take that step. If you're willing to be intentional about casting aside what this world deems important and just beginning to focus on God and what God thinks is important, if you're willing to begin to watch for burning bush moments, if you're willing to be intentional and just look around you and begin to understand and realize what God already wants to do and you just take those steps of faith to do it, if you're willing to begin to grow in your leadership, and you're really begin, you're ready to begin to lead this generation, to lead your peers here at DSM, to lead in your campus groups, to lead in your schools, to lead in your families. If you're ready to charge, I want you to come forward while this video plays. A video is going to play, and I want you to. Hopefully you can read the words. Maybe I'll just move this A real quick. Yeah, just move them. You guys get the point, right? If you're ready to crash, if you're ready while this video plays, I just want you to come forward. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.